Leadership Institute podcast. My name is Brian Malinsky, Digital Media Supervisor for SLI. And sitting with me today is our Director of Content and Curriculum, Carol Malinsky. How are you doing today, Carol? I'm doing great. Good to see you, Brian. <laughs> Good to see you, too. Before we start, um, we have some things that we want to inform our listeners about. Um, the first is that we'd like them to save the date for our 2018 Servant Leadership Conference. Um, at the Marriott Marquis in San Diego, uh, California, February 19th and 20th. Now, we have an optional networking reception February 18th, and registration for this event is going to be opening soon. The second thing is that we'd love you to subscribe to um, get and receive our, our weekly tips. So you can do that by going onto our website, www.servantleadershipinstitute.com. And the third thing that we wanted to let you know about is we would love for you to grab a copy of our new and latest publication, the Servant Leadership Journal. It's an 18-week journey to transform you and your organization. And that is available, again, on our website or on Amazon.com. So today, Carol and I are going to be going through one of SLI's implementation guides. Uh, titled Servant Leadership 101, giving an introduction to servant leadership, asking the concept of what servant leadership is, and where it came from and how it can dramatically change how you impact the people you influence throughout your day. And just as a quick aside, if while you're listening to this and you feel at all like this is redundant info or if this inspired you in any way, we would love that to ask you to please share this podcast with someone within your network of people that you think may get some use out of this podcast. Our goal, as always, is to inspire and equip those we influence, and we would love uh, for you to help us inspire new people that we may never that may have never heard of servant leadership or the institute. So, Carol, to start off. Uh, can you uh, explain to our listeners where the concept of servant leadership within the business world came from? Sure, Brian, I'd be happy to do that. Um, within the business world, uh, back in the 70s, this concept was really written about um, by a man named um, Robert Greenleaf. And many of you are aware there is the Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership. That's something that was founded around uh, Robert's work. And so he defined servant leadership, and he defined it in this way. I'm just going to read this to you because it's way more than somebody can memorize. The servant leader is servant first. Becoming a servant leader begins with the natural feeling that one wants to serve, to serve first then conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. That person is sharply different from the one who is leader first. The difference manifests itself in the care taken by the servant first to make sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served. The best test and the most difficult to administer is this. Do those served grow as persons? 
do they, while being served, become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more likely themselves to become servants? Some of that is really formal. Exactly. So I guess it would probably be helpful if we just talked about it in more uh, down-to-earth terms. Um, respect across the board for Mr. Greenleaf's work. Mm-hmm. Um, but we question this concept that serving is a natural feeling. Oh, yeah. And uh, I would question that because I think that people are born with sort of a natural self-centeredness, mm. not necessarily this natural feeling to serve other people. Gotcha. But I do believe that one of the things that happens as you study servant leadership, as you incorporate it into your life, that a change takes place in your mindset. Mm -hmm. And you begin to look at the world and at other people from that perspective of serving first. Um, The Servant Leadership Institute defines servant leadership as a set of principles and practices that turn the traditional power leadership model upside down, creating higher performing people and a more caring world. As servant leaders, our purpose is to serve those who follow, to inspire and equip those we influence. So if you remember no other part of that definition, remember to inspire and equip those we influence. Okay, yeah, perfect. So so let's take a moment then and let's unpack a few of these concepts. Okay. So um, the three big ones that I'd like for us to focus on is Let's go ahead and define how to inspire, how to equip, and what influence actually means too. Mm-hmm. So first off, let's go and, and look and investigate the idea of inspiring. And to inspire, we have defined as fill someone with the urge or ability to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. Synonyms include motivate, encourage, and influence, right? Right. Now, that definition comes really directly out of the dictionary. Exactly. But if we're talking about translating inspire into our business world, Mm -hmm. probably the biggest factor of that is to help folks understand what they do in terms of how it affects those around them, mm. how it affects those out in the world, really how it affects the universe. Okay? Exactly. Because we believe that there is no job or function that people do that can't have meaning and purpose. Totally. But a lot of times we have to share that with people. We have to explain it in those kind of terms for them so that they'll understand that, uh, let's just take an example. a housekeeper in a hotel chain you might say how do you you know inspire somebody who's changing beds all day and a lot of times dealing with really yucky kind of circumstances Mm -hmm. Um, you know how do you give meaning and purpose to their work Mm -hmm. so you explain to them you know this is these people that are coming and staying in these places for some of them or many of them this is a real treat. This is their break from their hard work that they do. 
And so whatever you do in that room, you make the bed perfectly, you clean the sinks till they're sparkling, becomes a part of this wonderful experience that people have. And so you're enriching the life of somebody else mm -hmm. through your labor. Exactly. Now you're inspiring people. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ways uh, um, some of our audience may know that the Servant Leadership Institute was started by Art Barter, who also owns Daytron World Communications, which is a manufacturing company. Um, we like to tell the stories of what our products do for people. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's part of how you inspire people to do better work, quite frankly, um, and you get much better results from them when there is some meaning behind what they do. We also have a charitable fund, and people are able to contribute, or pardon me, to apply for grants to use that money to be awarded to nonprofits. Well, what better way to inspire people mm -hmm. to create more product, better product, get sales dollars, boom, part of it goes into a charitable fund mm -hmm. that is then able to go out and enrich the world. Definitely. I think the, the another key thing with this inspiration piece is is clearly defining as the leader of an organization what the mission and purpose mm, is exactly um, with the organization as a whole, um, especially for new hires or mm -hmm. or people that have never really heard that. Um, don't just automatically assume if you put your mission and purpose up on yeah. on, on the wall right. and um, in the front of your building that people are going over and, and reading that. You need mm -hmm. to constantly, as the CEO or the leader of a company, always be reiterating the mission, the purpose, and also the vision um, that and the direction of the company and where the company is going. Don't feel like you need to hold on to that information. You need to be properly inspiring everybody right. um, and, uh, and keeping their motivations really, really high. Yeah. So that's awesome. So the next one I, I, I'd like for us to define real quickly is, is this idea to equip. So um, we have the definition of, of equip as supplying with the necessary items for a particular purpose or prepare someone mentally for a particular situation or task. Right. So that's our formal you know, formal definition of that particular word. For the servant leader, it really involves thinking in a very broad sense. So if I'm your leader and I'm going to equip you, that means I'm going to make sure that you're trained to do mm -hmm. your role, that you have the equipment you need to do your role, and, and by that I mean the right equipment, that's in current, you know, it's current, it's in good condition, <laughs> yeah. that you don't have to run around looking for the hammer or the screwdriver. Mm -hmm. You know, it's placed properly. All of those kinds of issues. But also that you are equipped in other ways, like understanding the mission and the purpose, mm -hmm. right? And understanding where your particular role is in the organization. Who are your upstream customers? Who are your downstream customers? Um, where can you grow in the company? 
Um, all of those kinds of things are all part of equipping you. So it's not just you know, training you to do that specific task. It's much more looking at the whole employee and what he's going to need and how to give it to him. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, obviously the first thing that people start looking at when, or, or a possible thing that they, that they look at that may um, become a hindrance to them as, as the leader is, is only looking at equipping someone by um, supplies and things like right. that. And, and we understand that budget constraints are budget constraints, yeah. you know. Um, but it's so true what you say. Knowledge is, is the number one thing that you need to be equipping people with. So, uh, again, reiterating the mission, the purpose, where, where the direction of the company is going um, is so integral for people to do their job um, in, in, in any par- portion of your business, um, whether it's accounting or sales or, or uh, on the manufacturing floor. Right, and, and giving people the knowledge of, you know, where do they go if they need something? Yes. Who has the information they need? Mm-hmm. Um, which goes with a whole nother concept of equipping each other. You know, if you have something that you know I need, go ahead and give it to me. Exactly. You know, don't hold it back. Yeah. Um, and if I have something, I should be offering it to you. So mm-hmm. it really works both ways. But that's all part of equipping as well. Totally. And then the, the third portion of this is this idea to influence. And that is the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development, or behavior of someone or something. Hmm. So John Maxwell has said that uh, leadership is influence. And that's it. (laughs) Um, Leadership is influence. And You know, I think in a lot of companies, and I know I have experienced this, um, people that do not have direct reports often do not see themselves as leaders. And so what we teach at SLI is that everyone is a leader. You may be a leader in your home because you're a mom or a dad. Um, You may be a leader on the soccer team or coaching the soccer team. Um, in, in many different roles, people are leaders in some place or other. And anytime you're influencing someone, you are a leader. So it's really important that people understand that. Um, and, uh, you know, it changes their whole perspective when they realize that, yes, they are a leader. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, that they have a responsibility through that to positively influence people. Hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then so let so let's let's expand on that a little bit more. Let's let's look at a for instance. You uh, you had uh, uh, brought up the example of the the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. How would a housekeeper who has no real face time with the customers that they're serving. How would they be able to look at their position and say, I am a leader? Could it be the fact that, you know, if they do a poor job, 
they are leading someone into a different way of looking at their day, feeling about how they how they are. They're they're impacting the next customer that goes into that room, but they're also impacting the company because of how the company be- starts becoming rated um, mm-hmm. on on that on on certain scales. Um, how they uh, work together with their other employees. Um, That's yeah. That's a real big one. And, yeah. and if you're talking about being a leader in that type of position, mm-hmm. then it really has a lot to do with how am I influencing the other housekeepers. Mm-hmm. And the power of individuals like that mm-hmm. is gigantic. Yes. So if you're the type of person who, you know, you know you have this influence over other people and you choose to act that out in negative, pardon me, in negative ways, you know, you're, you're going to end up with a problem group of individuals. So hopefully, as you have that realization that, yes, I am a leader, you are going to want to do good things. Mm-hmm. And you can have a very, very definite effect on all of the people around you. Yeah, it sounds to me like, like along with a whole lot of other dilemmas that we always experience throughout our lives, it's all based on perspective. Mm-hmm. It's all based on what your perspective is. Yeah. And and the moment that people, servant leaders, realize, regardless of, you know, who's above or below them, um, once they realize that they have influence, that is when they <laughs> they they're able to really make an impact on each other uh, on on one another um, and and really be beneficial. So that's great. And so with all of these, um, I, I think it's important to kind of uh, talk about what what inspiring, equipping, and influencing all translates into. And servant leadership suggests that we fill people with the urge to do something good. And we give them the necessary items or training to do to do it because we have the capacity to influence their behavior and express their best selves. And that's so great. I think that that's that that's tremendous. And so with that, I think that the next stage that we need to go through is properly clarifying what servant leadership is not. (laughs) <laughs> so there's a lot of hang-ups that a lot of people have when they're going through different leadership techniques or, you know, looking at, you know, trying to dis- discern whether servant leadership is the, just another big craze um, or, or whether it actually has, you know, good sturdy legs on it. So we'd like to go through a couple of these, um, uh, of these uh, uh, defining what, what it's not. So mm-hmm. the first one is um, servant leadership is not related to formal position, right? Right. And so this kind of goes back to realizing who is a leader and the fact that everyone is a leader. And when we approach um, training servant leadership, learning about servant leadership, it's really important that we try to get this concept across that it doesn't matter whether you have a supervisor title, a lead title, any kind of title in front of your name, that you can be a servant leader no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, because it's all about putting other people first, finding out what it is they need and helping them to get it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really quite simple and quite difficult yeah, at the same time. Definitely. And I think the second thing too, which which directly relates to that, is is servant leadership is not related to your place on the organizational chart either. And I know that we had referenced that um, earlier too. It really doesn't matter what placement you are in the company; you have the opportunity to impact others. Right. Um, so that's really important to to talk about too. A lot of people start getting hung up when they think of servant leadership as it may just be you know since, since it's always top down, it, it it has to you know exclusively start right, with the CEO right. or exclusively start with upper management, and that's just not true. Right. And then so the third um, the third thing that we'd like to bring up is the fact that servant leadership is not limited to your job description. So let's expand on that a little bit. Okay. So if you look at your place in the organization, what we're really saying is a servant leader is not limited by I'm supposed to do these five things in my job, and if I do those five things, I'm done. Mm-hmm. If you have knowledge about something, if you see an area that is having a struggle, and you know you have something to offer Mm -hmm. in that situation, go for it. Mm -hmm. Do it with respect, of course. Don't be running over people. Don't be putting other people down in your excitement to prove how smart you are. Mm -hmm. But, But go in with the right heart and the right attitude and open yourself up to the possibilities and don't let yourself be limited by your job description. Exactly. um, at our companies, we yes, we have job descriptions, but you will, you know, you would be hard pressed to find someone who would whip out their job description when you're talking to them and say, "Oh, nope, Brian, I can't help you with that because it's not in my job description." Oh yeah, you know, they're either going to help you because they have the knowledge, or they're going to point you in the right direction to try and get the help that you need. Yeah, just just be there with a helping hand is, right. is 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 a very simplified way of looking at it. Any any situation, any perspective, while you're just going through your day, if you see anyone in need, what we're talking about is is that you don't need to have a roadblock in place because you feel like it's outside of your right, uh, you know, org chart um, right. uh, job description. Right, um, and take the you know our theme for this month, right? Yeah. Taking initiative. Yes. Take the initiative to go out and do that. Yes, exactly. Because you're all in it together. Totally. To be successful. Totally, totally. And then so another one that we'd like to to bring up is that servant leadership is not a communication style. So it's a whole lot more than that, right? It's really, really easy to, with with really any concept, to talk the, the talk. Mm-hmm. to speak the language. I've had people come for job interviews with me who you know, could practically recite the website. Yeah. And that to me is, is uh, you know, I question that. Yes. I question who that person really is if they have to you know, go to those lengths to show me that they've memorized the, the website. Um, so it's really much more about 
behavior than it is the words you speak. Yes. All the words, as we all know, are extremely important. Um, the behavior is really key. And the latest way we express it now, um, we used to say walk the talk. We've now started saying let's behave the talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because behavior just it it it, oh, it it's necessary to to have action in, involved in your behavior. Mm -hmm. You need to be doing something all the time in order for it to be a behavior, rather than just like you said, reading a definition, memorizing it, and thinking that just because you can done <laughs> you speak so eloquently on yeah. the idea of servant leadership that doesn't necessarily make you a servant leader at right. all. So that's great. And then finally, this idea that servant leadership is not soft. No. You know, it's not soft. It's not a soft skill. Um, it's an incredibly difficult thing to um, not only, you know, first identify servant leadership and, and identify yourself as wanting to turn into a servant leader, but then realizing that you just opened up a huge <laughs> box for yourself because you now have to live this out every single day. Right. Um, and you need to hold yourself accountable every single day. I love the fact that our CEO and founder, Art Barter, when he implemented servant leadership into his, um, his company, Daytron, he made sure that he wasn't only changing. He made sure that he surrounded himself with managers, a team that held him accountable for those days. And he knew he had the foresight to realize that there would be days that he would feel weak in that in, in the servant leader area of his life. So he needed to have others hold, hold him accountable. He knew that he could not be solely going down this road because he would he would get diverted right and and we all do and I think you know having personally gone through that that transformation experience which is obviously still going on today um, I was challenged I mean really challenged not only from the standpoint of you know serving first and serving other people but in the performance of my job, the mm -hmm. actual day-to-day -day performance of my job, I was challenged. The bar, you know, my leader would raise the bar on a consistent basis, and it was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it took a while before I realized that this was being done because people cared about me, mm -hmm. not because they wanted to see me fail, but because they had the faith and the belief in me that I could do it. Yes. And for me as a leader to turn around and do that with people that reported to me, in other mm -hmm. words, raise the bar for them, was also very painful for me mm -hmm. because I was challenging them. Yes. And they would be uncomfortable. So, you know, the same thing same kind of challenge plays out in another space in your leadership you know works works both ways up up track and down downstream but um yeah it was one of the hardest times in my life really mm -hmm. um but i learned a lot totally and i came to you know the realization that people were doing this for my good mm -hmm. if you don't get results in a company what is the point mm-hmm so in servant leadership, it's about how you get the results, not just getting the results. 
That's the difference. Exactly. Do you so get true. those results by trampling over people? Mm -hmm. Or do you get those results by working with people, serving people, listening to people, and bringing them up along with you? Mm -hmm. So very different, very challenging. Great. And then so, the and, and finally, I know that I said that that was the final one, but one, <laughs> we, have, we have one more, we, and, it's, and it's really, really important, um, that servant leadership as an idea is not ex exclusively a religious thing. Right. It's not, it's, it doesn't have religious connotations when we're talking about it this way. Yes, it's true that these are strong, these have strong parallels to religious beliefs, in the mindset of servant leadership, but servant leadership can be practiced very successfully without any religious context at all. Um, that's exactly what we did. Uh, that, that's exactly what um, Art did when he was integrating it into Daytron. Um, and the idea of service can stand alone without being faith-based and still be totally effective. Mm -hmm. So that's great. So as we're working to implement servant leadership in our daily lives, it's important that we are serving people by equipping them through a set of behaviors. At SLI, we have defined nine key behaviors that are sort of like the rules to play the game of servant <laughs> leadership. So Carol, let's briefly go over each of these nine behaviors. Okay. So the first one is serve first. And this can be as simple as, you know, not being, not rushing to be the first one in the potluck line, <laughs> um, to as complex as examining your attitudes as you go into every encounter. In other words, my coming into the room to broadcast today and coming in with the mindset of, two things really how am I going to serve Brian in this situation mm -hmm. and how am I going to serve our audience in this situation so it really is a lot about your perspective do I come in wanting to control the whole show mm -hmm. or do I come in you know like I said earlier and want to serve you and add value to this situation that we're in Nice. And then the second uh, behavior is this idea of building trust. Uh, build trust today. Am I building trust within my organization? Um, the most meaningful way that I can build trust is to do what I say I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. <laughs> and also and also very daunting task right. too because you need to know that that makes you accountable yeah. and by being accountable you need to to go back to the first behavior and making sure that you're you're properly serving first so not piling too many things on your plate if you don't think that you can actually achieve every one of those things that are on that list yeah if you say you're going to email somebody email somebody if you're putting a time limit on that a due date to that Make sure that you show up to that meeting. Make sure that you, sh you, you write that email in time. Right. Very, very important. But let me add one little thing to that. Because we all get into situations where for some circumstance or other, we can't make that, that due date. Oh, yeah. So really important, if you know that's going to happen, go back to that individual that you owe that item to 
and renegotiate your due date. Mm -hmm. Now, if you renegotiate in five, ten times, that's a problem, mm -hmm. and you know you're going to have to deal with that. But um, whenever possible, if you cannot make your due dates, do renegotiate them, and um, because believe me, people all you all know this. You consistently don't make your due dates. Mm -hmm. People immediately start thinking of you as someone who is not trustworthy. Exactly. Yep. And then and and you know we can we can roll out and have an entire podcast uh, and our and our <laughs> and our friend uh, and our friend Stephen M R Covey has has written amazing material on on trust and trust outcomes good or bad um so yeah if you don't have if you don't have if if you're that person that is not um building good trust within it skepticism comes uh, mm -hmm. start starts coming and, and and people don't have faith in you right and it's really um, hard to climb out of that exactly yeah not impossible but incredibly hard to mm -hmm. do for sure um the third behavior is live your values let's go through that one sure first of all you'd be surprised how many people don't actually know what their values are yeah and so these and we're, to, we're talking now about personal values not the company values in a, in a really good positive scenario your your personal values and your organization's values are going to be in sync with one another or mm -hmm. at least you know um, fit within one another Living the values that you have, or living the company values for that matter, means that you can make decisions that support those values. Totally. Which makes decision making a whole lot easier. So as you define those values and you live them, bring them into the conversation. Mm -hmm. If there's business decisions that have to be made, run them up against your company values. Are mm -hmm. you violating those values? Or are you not violating those values? Mm -hmm. It's a really easy way uh, to keep yourself on course as you're making decisions. Mm -hmm. So living your values really, really key. Perfect. And then so the next one is listen to understand. And this one is, is always um, a very tricky one. Um, but my first question is, do you think that you are a good listener. Do you think that you're a good listener? I think that most leaders think and believe wholeheartedly that they're great listeners. But here's another question. Does your spouse think that you're a good listener? <laughs> Does your best friend think that you are a great listener? Mm -hmm. And the final question, would you be prepared today to go and ask three to five people that are important in your life if they can, if they think that you're a good listener, because you may be surprised at what they actually yeah. say. Yeah. And so that's that that's a struggle for a lot of people. And I think that um, unfortunately, it's it's not typically mm -hmm. defined, and it's also you don't really get trained in in good listening skills. Um, but it's so important. Are you going into a meeting and you're, and the main thing that you're trying to do is get down the things that you need to do, which is your end, mm -hmm. rather than listening to what the person is actually saying? Mm -hmm. Or are you looking at the clock? Are you looking at the clock and waiting and, and also anticipating all the other meetings that you have throughout the day? 
those are forms of bad listening and right. not being involved and being being in the moment right then and there. Yeah. Um, I can give you a couple of examples, or personal examples, that illustrate this to a T. Um, what I, one of the things that I've caught about myself a couple of years back was I would cut people off as they were talking because I was so focused on the response I was going to give mm-hmm. instead of listening to their whole sentence. Oh, yeah. Really easy to do. Totally. And I had to start catching myself and saying, sorry, I mean, actually catching myself and stopping myself as I was talking and saying, no, I'm sorry, finish, you know, finish your thought, please. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, finish your thought. The other one is, how many of you listen while you're answering email? So the person's there in front of your desk and you're clicking away on the old keyboard mm-hmm. and they're talking and you're saying and you say things like go ahead i'm listening <laughs> but you're typing an email at the same time oh yeah so not only is it unlikely that you're really hearing what they're saying what kind of message are you sending to that person mm-hmm. while you're clicking away mm-hmm. you you're diminishing them completely totally so our suggestion Stop what you're doing, turn and make eye contact with the person. A great idea is to come, if you have a desk, not a cubicle situation, come out from behind your desk and sit in the chair next to that person and talk to them. Oh, that's a great, great idea. Um, you know, use things like saying to them, tell me more. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you help me understand? Mm-hmm. Are two great sentences you can use with people. But, you know, turn off the electronic devices, Mm -hmm. which is another big sucker of your attention. And uh, just those little things will make a tremendous difference in how you deal with people. Yeah, I think that you you brought it up perfectly, but um, just not assuming. Not not right. not not having this idea when you're listening to someone that you assume where the the conversation's yeah. going to go or where their their thought is going to go. Um, I, you know, I don't have an exact you know percentage of of the times that you know people may get that wrong, but it's a lot. It's a lot <laughs> of the time that that you may assume that they're going to be saying something, and you try and finish their sentence like you had you had re- referenced before, um, and and you're wrong. You know a lot of the time (laughs) so you know i i know that it's you know nagging at you it probably in your head going okay you know i i kind of already know where this is going but never assume because Mm -hmm. you really don't and you won't so that's great um the next one is think about your thinking as servant leader uh or a servant leader becomes very cautious about his own thinking in all interpersonal relationships. So this goes in with really digesting the information of what you're getting out of somebody. So it's a huge relationship building tool about taking time to think about your thinking. Think about your thinking about the the last conversation that you just had. Mm -hmm. Or think about how you're getting up every day. Is there something that you need to be changing? Is there a way that you're going throughout your day that's that's diminishing people just with the way that you're carrying yourself? Is there some big thing 
that you need that you haven't been able to fully digest and go forward with yeah this behavior is if if there's such a thing as a favorite behavior <laughs> this one is really is mine because it's so deep this this is about taking time to reflect certainly but it's also about what kind of self-talk do we have mm. um, what kind of assumptions do we make and then we take that assumption and we run with it like oh the work that I get from you you feed work to me right mm -hmm. you're upstream of me I do the work I pass it on to somebody else all of a sudden, I'm not getting as much work from you as I used to get. <laughs> oh, what's going on? I'm not getting as much work. Mm -hmm. Is there something wrong? Is the company in trouble? Oh. Now, so I think about that. I noodle on that, that negative thought, right? Exactly. Is Brian, is Brian holding back stuff from me? Is he working to make me look bad? There are all kinds of games that our mind will play, all kinds of negative places that it will go to. So we need to think about that because there are a lot of ways that we can replace those negative thoughts with positive thoughts. And in a servant-led environment, if that work from you slows down, I've already developed, because I'm a servant leader, I have already developed a relationship with you. And so I will go over and I will say, I noticed that the work's kind of diminished, you know, slowed down. Well, what's going on? You know, is there anything I should know? Any way that I can help you? Or, you know, are you just seeing a lull here? Or do you have some problem that I might be able to help you with? And so thinking about your thinking is extremely important. And because it's, it's highly likely that if you have all those negative thoughts about your work or about a certain situation or a certain person, you're going to pass it on to somebody else. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a whole group that's operating in a way that is completely counterproductive. Yeah. So thinking about your thinking, huge servant leadership behavior. Yeah, definitely. And so the next one is add value to others. So let's talk about that one for a second. Well, adding value to others is a whole mindset change. <laughs> and many, many of us, you know, spend our careers going into meetings, might be one-on-one -on -one situations, might be whole group meetings, and we go in because the meeting is about some certain issue and we walk through the door and already in our mind is I'm going to I got to win. Mhm. Mm Whatever's going on here, I got to win. Servant leadership says, go into that meeting thinking, how do I add value today? Mm -hmm. How is it that I can add value? It's great to hear people sincerely say, how can I add value mm -hmm. to you today? What can I do to help you? What would improve this situation? Um, and that's something that, that just that little phrase of add value to others, 
you can carry into every aspect of your life, not just your work life. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I add value to the lady who's running my groceries across the scanner today? Exactly. You know, and I might say something to her that changes her entire day. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah, I think it's it comes down to, uh, and it's it's almost comical to a certain degree, but you need to be able to identify it as such that it, it's it's the paradigm shift in the meeting example. You you sit there and you're trying to win, but you're you're trying to get gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if everybody at that table was looking at everybody else and going, "I'm going to add value." To these people, yeah, exactly. What are they getting in return? They're getting the gratification that they were originally desiring. They're just getting it in a different way. Yeah. They're not demanding it and stepping on the on other people to try and achieve the gratification that they were looking for. They're just getting it because they're doing their work, and they know that their employees are prepared to give them the value in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're not being ignored, but they're also not ignoring the other people in the room. Right. It's this idea that if you want something, then are you also willing to give that same amount mm-hmm. out to other people? So that's fantastic. So the next one is increase your influence. So increasing your influence within a company, within your life. Um, we know that leadership is is influence and it can be exerted either positively or negatively so exactly how you said even going throughout your day going to that grocery store and just walking straight by you know the person that's bagging up your groceries um or you know grunt grunting in you know your order to the person at starbucks while they're trying to (laughs) eagerly you know see and see what you need and serve you best um, you know, it's it's a constant uh, checking of of your your attitude and your demeanor when you're out in public, um, for sure, to make sure that you're you're positively increasing your influence instead of negatively. And then, so um, the next one is uh, is this idea of, of demonstrating courage. So demonstrating courage is is understanding that throughout your day, you're going to have these situations that are going to make you either want to take charge and go forward or run away and those are the (laughs) those are challenges those are difficult meetings those are those are things um you know with you know if there's a piece of information that you you think that you need from somebody but you feel like they're restricting it from you are you are you willing to go and ask them for it um and if there's a dilemma that you see in the company if there's something that's that that's wrong are you willing to talk about it to the right people? Or are you going to contain all that stuff? Are you going to run away from, from the problem at hand? So um, that's another big thing that shows that servant leadership is not a soft skill. It's, it's <laughs> incredibly difficult because right. you, know, you need to have a whole lot of courage in order to, to go into these meetings. Um, you know, upper, upper level management constantly has to... to, to um, deal with you know employee turnover um hiring and firing things like that those are never easy to do um but to go in with those things as the servant leader 
and understanding that, okay, I'm going to need to demonstrate courage today. And I'm going to be doing it by first serving other people first and adding, trying to add value and, and, and uh, you know, equipping my people um, respective, respectively, for sure. And then so the final behavior is the idea of living your transformation. So let's talk about that yeah. for a second. Well, living your transformation really means that you have a changed mindset. Yeah. And you do live your life every day um, with the thought of adding value, serving first, all of those behaviors that we've talked about that you're willing to display those behaviors and really make them a part of your life. And it's a never-ending kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody uh, is perfect, and you're going to fail. But it's also very gratifying and, you know, the most rewarding uh, thing, certainly, in my life. And I'm very glad to have found it, you know, in my life. Yeah. Just this thing called servant leadership, you know. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. And so just to wrap up here, let's, let's go through a few lessons learned here. So the first one, strategies, plans, goals, and tactics may change. But are we going to stay true to the core values and purpose with what we're doing? Right. Um, and, and that's really important to always be looking at. Are we going to stay true? And are we going to, now that we've defined what our values are, now that we've defined and properly articulated what our purpose in the company is, um, are, we going to, are we going to stay true to that? And understanding that how we get to those things and how we achieve those things, are, those are the things that can change. You know the strategies and the planning sure. and all that kind of stuff. We can change those things together, but let's go ahead and first define those and then live them out. And remember that that we are being watched. You're being watched by people constantly, um, and they're going to know if this if you're considering this as just some sort of fad. Yeah. They're going to know it faster than anybody else. Exactly. Now the bottom line is, and this is another one of our lessons learned, is that the servant-led culture is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, some people are not, will never be comfortable with this idea of, you know, being at the bottom of the org chart and serving all of the people above them. Mm-hmm. They are only comfortable with a power model. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah, it's a, it's and, a respect And we thing. have to be um, cognizant of that. Totally. It takes an average of five years to see the effects of servant uh, uh, of leadership training, and seven years on average to change a culture. That's a huge thing. So, so it's it's this idea that this is not a quick turnaround yeah. at all. Yeah. It's a, it's a very serious change that you're going to need to make, and it's and it's something that you need to be able to to fully uh, 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 flush out. Yeah, I do want to make one point with that, Brian, and that is that. Don't think that you won't see incremental change along the way. Oh, yeah. So it's not like, boom, you know, you're not going to see any change in your culture for seven years. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it is a growth process. But to fully see, you know, full benefit, they have found that it takes about seven years. Well, and that's so good that you did did clarify that. Yeah. So it didn't look as daunting of a task yeah. as, as the uh, day doesn't dawn in the seventh year and you have a perfect culture. Yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> and then, so, uh, you know, another great lesson is, is changing a culture is a journey, not a destination. So I think that we just totally de- define that one. Right. Um, and then another one is becoming a servant leader is a lifelong process. So like we said before, yes, it, de- it, it is a great way of, of, uh, of training leadership within your organization and changing over the management style, but it's really a lifelong process. It's a, it's, it's a way of life. It's well, a lifestyle. I, you know, a differentiator to me is that this does become so very personal that it is. Um, I hate to use the word journey because I think we're starting to get overused with that mm-hmm. word now, but it truly is um, a journey and a trip um, <laughs> <laughs> for your life. Yeah. And uh, and that's pretty cool. That's awesome. So so to close out, Carol, do you have any closing remarks for us? Yeah, I would just like to say that um, you know really look into servant leadership if you have not already if you are a newbie and you're just um you know checking us out you will absolutely not regret it even if you find that it's not for you mm-hmm. i will guarantee you that if you if you open your mind and your heart up to it you will learn something mm-hmm. and for most people Um, You will find it to be extremely rewarding and you'll be able to look back on your career and know that you did something that really meant something to other people and enriched your life. So give it a chance. You'll love it. (laughs) That's so true. Thank you so much. So as we close, we wanted to leave you with a gift. After this podcast ends, if you email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com with the subject title, What is Servant Leadership Podcast? We will send you a PDF titled 10 Things I Can Do Today to Begin as a Servant Leader. This is our free gift to you just for listening. We also love your feedback, so feel free to tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, and what topic you would like us to cover in a future podcast. As always, thank you so much, Carol, for being involved. You're welcome. And thank you to everyone who tuned in to listen. Thank you for allowing us to add value to your day. So goodbye, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye.